Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. So you're driving through the Karoo and your air conditioner's not working. And, and you're by yourself, and you're tired, and you're hot, and you're hungry, and you're thirsty, and, and the road just goes forever. And you see a sign that says, a pa, a pant, and a kind word, 20 rand, 10 kilometers away. And you drive it for five kilometers, a pa, a pant, and a kind word. And you think, I'm going to do this. So you pull off, and there's like, Dodgy garage and restaurant and tune-up joints all combined. And you say, I'll have the special, please. And the waiter comes back and puts a warm drink in front of you and slaps this pa thing. And you say, and the kind word, and he goes, if I was you, I wouldn't eat the pa. <laughs> I pray today <laughs> you would eat the pie. <laughs> I pray today you would hear the kind word of the Lord yeah. to your soul. Amen. In worship this morning, and just the Spirit's moving, yeah. I just saw tongues of fire resting upon so many of you. And I'm in faith. Before we leave, that the tongues of fire have rested upon every single person that you will not leave the same, that you will encounter God in your deepest place. We're in our series on the doctrine of faith. It's been incredible. Pastor Timothy, Pastor Sai, last week, Loreco, if you didn't hear it, just great faith. Listen to the podcast. And today I want to talk about something different in terms of faith. Faith for the bride. I joined this church when it was about 60, 70 people, and I resolved to be all in. Now we thank God, we about 10 congregations across the city, thousands of people. Small church when we started, I resolved to be all in, and I'd had two failed relationships before that as a young university student, and I resolved I'm just going to serve God and love Him and be part of this community of young people, girls and guys together. And it was wonderful. Built great friendships, served God. But there was a problem that started to develop, not straight away. There was this young lady who used to do the overhead projector. You know what an overhead projector is? <laughs> I mean, that's like the equivalent of this, but it's like a funny machine, and she would swap the overhead slides. And I'm worshiping the Lord, but then... I'm noticing her. So I start praying, Jesus, deliver me. Lord, set me free. Get behind me, Satan. Not her, but you understand what I'm saying, you know? And, and it didn't work. And then I started to just pray. I stopped praying that God would take this away. I started to pray, Lord, what are you doing? And then my prayer changed, and I said, Lord... I need a wife. 
And I started to have faith for the bride. I started to believe and I prayed and I, I signaled nothing. I gave her no indication. Zero indication. Well done. Roger says Pastor Sai. Gave her no clue. And eventually, I just, after lots of prayer, but no signaling, I knew that she was going to be my bride. Then I prayed into the so three phases, take her away from my heart, then is she the one, can she be the one? Then I started to pray, Lord, what's your timing? What's your timing? She's a young university student, I'm a bit older, and uh, what's your timing? And eventually God says, now. The signal started. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 I, and I clutched this proposal so badly. Let me tell you what I did. I contacted her and I said to her, um, we're finishing this outreach and can we meet for coffee? And we met for coffee and I was so nervous. And I didn't have a ring and there was no violins, there was no roses, I don't think. And I said this to her. I said, I want to confess something to you. Our relationship, our relationship has become deceitful because I love you and I want to marry you. <laughs> so we went from naught to 100 in like three seconds. <laughs> Darling, just stand up and nod your head. That, that's what... Just <laughs> So, it's good to have faith for your bride. It's good to have faith for your bride. Thank you for saying yes, because I went out on a limb there. You should have seen her father when I went to talk to him about two, three days later. He's like, who are you? you know? I want to talk not about your personal bride and having faith for your personal bride. But I want to talk about having faith for the bride of Christ. Paul writes this. He says, I am jealous for you with, with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, that I might present you as a pure virgin to him. It's good to have faith for your life. It's good to have faith for your salvation. It's good to have faith for your healing. It's good to have faith for your finances. It's good to have faith for, for you. But are you passionate for the bride? Are you passionate for the church of Jesus Christ? Is your faith just for yourself? Or is your faith for more than just you? In Hebrews chapter 2, talking about Jesus, it says that we should look to him, to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. The joy set before Jesus is you and I. It's the church. It's the bride. And so he endured. He suffered for the joy set before him. He had, if you like, faith for the bride. So, but Paul's positioning himself here, and he's almost like an uncle. It's like the labola has been paid. The bride price has been paid. Let's go. <laughs> Jesus has paid the price, but he's saying, now I want the bride to be presented to the groom. 
I want to give you a hypothesis. The most important person on earth is the bride of Christ. And so the greatest issue is whether those who are identified as Christians will truly live the life of faith, become disciples, apprentices, practitioners, representatives of Jesus Christ, steadily learning from him how to prepare and build up the bride of Christ. So that's the hypothesis. We live in a, in a Western individualistic society. I know we've got a lot of communal, communalistic undertones, but there's a massive Western influence which makes us think individualistically. But God's view, the Scripture's view, is a collective view. Whether it's the Trinity or it's the bride. The great purpose of Jesus coming to earth, dying and paying the price, was to win for himself a bride. All through Scripture we see this collective Old Testament, it's, it's Israel, which is a foreshadowing of the bride. It's a type and shadow. And so, as you embrace this hypothesis, the consequence is that you, me, we are not the most important people. You are, but the we is the most important. The bride is the most important person on earth. And as this is the case, the great issue that we need to face is what part are we playing in preparing the bride? James writes this, For as the body without the spirit is dead, so too faith without works is dead. It's not faith just because we say we believe. It's faith when we act out. Our belief. In the Greek mindset, which again influenced Western mindset, you can think one thing and do another and there's no problem with it. But the Hebrew mindset is one of what we say, is what we believe, is what we think, and is what we do. There's no fragmentation. Everything lines up. The word integrity has got two definitions. One is about being honest and having strong moral principles. But the other meaning of the word integrity is to be whole and to be undivided. God wants you to be whole and undivided. And so what you believe, what your faith is, is the same as what you do, is the same as what you say, is the same as what you feel. I've shared this with you before, but it's worth repeating. Tertullian, second century church father, he says this, just as Christ was crucified between two thieves, so the gospel is ever crucified between two opposite errors. And these are the two errors. The one is legalism, okay, error. You have to earn your way to salvation. You have to live a good life to be saved. Beep, no error. But then there's the other side, the other error, antinomianism. Because we have been saved, we can now live how we like. We can live for ourselves and we can live lawless. Likewise, 
That's not the truth. The truth is it's so much more. It's a transformed heart. It's a transformed life. It's a relationship with God. It's joy in Him. And it's living out this great adventure with God until He appears or until we die and we see Him. It's orthopathos, orthopraxy, and orthodoxy. It's right thinking, it's right feeling, and it's right living. I love what Beving said. He was a 20th century incredible church theologian. He said, Gratitude and joy drove them to do good works before the thought that they had to do them even crossed their minds. Should we do good works? Of course we should. And we should do it as an overflow of gratitude and joy. Are you living your life with integrity? Are you an expression? Is your life an expression of your heart, of your faith? If not, perhaps you're lacking in gratitude. You're not deeply grateful for your sins being forgiven. Or maybe it's because of a lack of joy, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Or maybe it's just simply a lack of obedience. There's a whole bunch of things that this great church does to help the members. We've got Discover Every Nation. We've got foundations. We've got Victory Weekend to help you to come into a place of great joy and great gratitude. So if, if you're not in that place, speak to a pastor, speak to a connect leader, but don't stay in this I'm sitting on the fence place, half in, half out, and deeply dissatisfied. This is what Paul says. For we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please Him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. It's talking about dying, not transcendental meditation. <laughs> For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. We're not just called to have faith moments. We're called to live by faith. And it's seen in our heart to God. It's seen in our heart towards the bride, the church. Our faith is meant to be lived out. We live by faith. We're meant to live on a mission with our hearts burning with the things that burn on God's heart. And we should make it our goal to please him, Paul says. This is what living by faith means. That you're not pleasing yourself. Okay, who knows what YOLO stands for? You only live once. Okay? Let me give you a new acronym. Yale. You actually live for eternity. You actually live for eternity. You're not trying to maximize how many holidays you go on, how much money you make. You actually live for eternity. We make it our goal to please Him because we are living for eternity. And then He makes this point. He says, we will receive what is due us for the things done in the body. As men and women, 
who have given our lives to Jesus. On that final judgment day, our, our sins are not presented. Jesus, the advocate, our sins are washed away. But there is a judgment seat that will stand for God, and that is one for reward. Did you know that? There's not a judgment seat for us who are covered by the blood of Jesus. But there is a judgment seat for reward. Scriptures, to back this up, Romans 14, we shall all stand before the judgment seat of God, called the Bema seat. Another scripture, Matthew 16, 27, for the Son of Man is going to come to his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what he has done. Don't you want to store up for yourselves riches in heaven? I pray that you do. I pray it burns in your heart the revelation that we live for eternity and that the most important person on earth is not me or you. It is the bride of Christ. I want to take you to a verse that really encapsulates all of this. It's Paul's farewell to what seems like the best church at that time, the church at Ephesus. Read the book of Ephesians. There's no rebuke. There's no correction. It's like awesome, awesome. And he meets with them, and it's the last time he's going to see them. And he weeps as he says goodbye to them. And this is what he says at the end. In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When Paul had finished speaking, he knelt down with all of them and prayed. They all wept as they embraced him and they kissed him. Paul tells us in Galatians chapter 6, and I'm going to break down this verse in detail. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, but especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Do good to all. We all have opportunity every day to do good to all. But he says, especially to the household of believers. And yeah, he's talking about the weak. Help the weak. Help those who are weak in their faith. Help those who are in desperate straits. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Five reasons why it is more blessed to give than to receive. And if you want to describe this another way, it's what happens when you have faith for the bride. Okay? What happens when you have living faith for the bride? Firstly, an increase in intimacy. The Bible says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. As you give and as you serve, you become free and you grow in intimacy. You're no longer bound by the things of this world. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you're having, a, if you're having trouble with, and there's no offering going to be taken up now, okay? Just so you know. Okay? If you have trouble giving, if you have, whoopsie, if you have trouble serving, <laughs> I encourage you, grow in intimacy by doing what the Word of God says. Freedom will come. Closeness will come because where your treasure is, where you have sown your time, where you have sown your finances, where you have sown your energy, there your heart will be. And if you're just focusing on your own finances, your heart is going to be there. Secondly, there's an increase in character. Giving and serving 
In other words, caring for the bride. It's not God's way of raising money. It's God's way of raising men and women into the likeness of His Son. As you serve, as you give, as you care for the bride, you become transformed. And you start to manifest what a son, what a daughter of God is really meant to be. Thirdly, there's an increase in heaven. Matthew 6.20, and I alluded to this. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. And in Philippians 4.17, he says, Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. Store up for yourselves riches in heaven. Fourthly, there's an increase on earth. There's one who scatters and yet increases all the more. There's one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The generous man will prosper, and he who waters others will himself be watered. Other versions say, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. This is the upside-down kingdom. As we give, as we bless, as we serve, as we water, as we refresh others, blessings come upon us. And we ourselves are refreshed. And lastly, why it's awesome and more blessed than to give than to receive is the body of Christ, the most important person on earth, is built up. The bride of Christ is prepared and built up. You know, heaven is going to be one big wedding feast. Don't you want your friends to be there? Don't you want your family to be there? Don't you want a whole lot of other people to be there at this great party? You know, during COVID, it became a problem with how many people do you, want, do you invite to your wedding, you know? And some people were like, hallelujah, now I only have to invite 50. Yeah. <laughs> Introverts are like, yes, you know? <laughs> that eternal feast, God's heart is as many as possible. And I pray that your heart would be too that you would set yourself on this task of building up the body of Christ, that you would have faith for the bride. Some of you here, you know you're doing nothing for the bride, and you're in a desperate place yourself. The truth is, without Jesus in your life, you can't do anything. You will not have the strength to do what God wants you to do. You will remain stuck in this place of brokenness and sin. And all of us were. Step one is surrender. Step one is is to say, I've sinned. Jesus, you've paid the price. I put my faith in you. So I first want to address you if you're in that place. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. If you're in that messy, broken place of, I believe but help my unbelief. (laughs) If you're in that messy place of pain and embarrassment and shame and half in and half out, there's an invitation by the Spirit of God to come home. And what is required is decisiveness. Jesus said, if you will confess me before man, I will confess you before my Father. 
And so there's a communal, there's a communal aspect to this. If that's you, you want Jesus. You're sick and tired of being sick and tired. If you're willing to confess your sins and receive his forgiveness, then I want to pray for you. If that's you, won't you lift up your hand? And we're going to pray. Thank you, sir. Is there anybody else? Church, can we? Thank you. Thank you so much. Can we all stand, please? This is just logistical. I'm not going to embarrass you, but for those two gentlemen, I don't know if there's any others I didn't see. Won't you come to the front now? This is good, and this is necessary, and it's not a walk of shame, it's a walk of joy. And we're going to pray for you and stand together for you. Let's celebrate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? God bless you. All right. I'm, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. The Bible says if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Pray this prayer aloud. Lord Jesus, I surrender. I confess my sin. And I put my faith in you. Cleanse me. Wash me. I receive you as my Savior. I declare that you are my Lord. From today, I will serve you. I will love you. I turn back from my old ways. And I choose you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, we pray for these men right now, Lord God. Stretch out your hand to them. We pray for them. We pray never the same, Lord God. From today, Lord God, the chains of sin to be broken. Lord, habits and mindsets and patterns to be broken. And from today, Zoe life. Abundant life. Forgiveness, joy, peace. Add them into community, Lord God. Set them free. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to help you, give you some literature, pray for you briefly, help you on your faith journey. Won't you follow us by and uh, just go with him briefly. Church is not finished yet. Can we consecrate ourselves to Jesus to serve the bride, to prepare the bride? Jesus has done the heavy lifting. He paid the price on the cross, but there's a part that we pay that we are called to play. And for some of you, you need to start to say, where can I serve? What can I do? What can I give? Whether it's here on a Sunday, during the week, wherever, but can we consecrate ourselves to have faith for the bride? And when I say faith, you've heard what I've said? It's not just believing, but it's doing. It's a faith that is lived out. So, if you're willing to consecrate yourself to Jesus and you to serve him and honor him and be part of this great mission, just lift up your hands as we pray. Lord, as we lift up our hands, we give ourselves anew to you, Lord God. And we say yes to the call. We say yes to the mission to do the things that you've called us to do on earth. Lord, what a privilege. What a joy. Lord, may our faith be alive. 
Lord, may our faith not just be words, but may it be expressed in great deeds for you. So Holy Spirit, rest upon us. Let your fire come down upon us. Cause us to be your men and women. Lord, those uncles and aunts who help prepare the bride. Jesus, we know that you will have for yourself a perfect bride. The only question is, will we as individuals be part of it? And today we give ourselves to serve, to give, to lead, to labor for the bride. Jesus, that you would receive for yourself all that you died for. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.